Hello, this is Lugbot and this is the Lug News Report summarizing the news of December. Lug News reports news that is of importance to the working class and the global class struggle. Starting off with local collective news, the Lug Collective, Lincoln's underground network collective, in collaboration with a group of local social justice activists, has helped to form a Lincoln chapter of Food Not Bombs. Food Not Bombs is an organization dedicated to protesting the gross immorality of government spending on war while people go hungry by providing vegan and vegetarian food for activists, progressive events and those in need. Food Not Bombs gets much of their food by scavenging the waste from local grocers. In addition to providing food for the hungry food, Not Bombs teaches people about food procurement, preparation and organizing to create a better world. In local labor news, the Nebraska Industrial Workers of the World or IWW continues to turn up the heat on the local cooperative grocer, Open Harvest. Open Harvest terminated Nebraska IWW member Andrew Losh in early December for failing to meet unspecified production standards. He also alleges abuse by the management. After reviewing his case, the Nebraska IWW agrees that Losh was unjustly terminated and has demanded that he be reinstated with that pay. Initial communication with general manager Jim Nelson was unsuccessful. Losh's case has also highlighted various incongruencies in Open Harvest's claimed ethical practices. Open Harvest claiming to espouse ethics like fair trade and sustainable egg pays its non-management workers' minimum wage. They justify this practice by comparing their pay to that of local for-profit grocers, ignoring the fact that they are a member-owned co-op, not a profit-centered enterprise. Open Harvest also prevents its employees from serving on the board of directors, a practice which is becoming more and more popular with co-ops as progressives have challenged traditional hierarchies in favor of workplace democracy. By barring employees from the board, Open Harvest thus ensures they have no say in the operation of the co-op. The only recourse employees have if they are treated unfairly is to file a grievance policy based on intimidation where the employee must approach the general manager who has veto power over the grievance. From there the grievance is submitted to the board of directors which contains no workers, that is no peers. The co-op additionally avoids having to provide benefits to its non-management employees by keeping them under 36 hours, what the co-op has defined as full-time. The IWW plans to meet with a board of directors in early January to state demands and give them a deadline for action. The demands are as follows. The reinstatement of employment for Nebraska IWW member Andrew Losh, who was unjustly terminated for failing to meet an unspecified production quota. Overall of the grievance procedure. Board positions be made available to workers. A living wage for all workers. More hours be made available to employees, especially those who want full-time benefits. If demands are not met by that time, the IWW plans to escalate its campaign against the co-op. Please show your support for Andrew and the rest of the workers at Open Harvest by calling or emailing the management and letting them know how you feel. The co-op number is 402-475-9069. Please ask to speak to the general manager. The co-op email is harvest at openharvest.com. In Omaha, the Nebraska IWW has been busy defending IWW Starbucks Worker Union or the SWU member, Tyler Swain, who has been the victim of ongoing intimidation and harassment perpetrated by Starbucks management. 
On December 30th, SWU barista and organizer Tyler Swain has been suspended with pay from Starbucks Coffee Company. Over the last five months, since the Nebraska SWU went public with its organizing campaign, Starbucks Corporate has been aggressively working to terminate Swain's employment with the company because of his union activity. During this period of time Swain has been written up six times for trumped-up charges ranging from cash handling violations to insubordination. During this time Starbucks has also attempted and failed to drum up various ethics allegations against Swain alleging that he has been sexually involved with other workers and attempting to pressure workers into coming forward on made-up sexual harassment allegations. All of these attempts to fire F.W. Swain to this point have failed, because they are unjust. Now however, a new manager has been placed at his store, as well as a new district manager in charge of his area, and they are no doubt trying to earn points in their new positions by ridding the company of Swain. You can help support fellow worker Swain by calling District Manager Heather West at 402-321-3611 or Storm Manager Scott Creed at 417-554-1299 and letting them know that Nebraska workers will not accept this anti-union intimidation. Moving on to labor news, in the rest of the nation, in Taunton, Massachusetts, striking workers of the United Electrical Workers Local 204 successfully prevented the auctioning of their factory's machines after the capitalist owners tried to sell it in a secret auction. The workers have vowed to run the plant themselves if the company does not want to. They are now meeting with the company to continue negotiations over severance and jobs. Back in November, the workers contacted city, state, and federal representatives when they found out about the auction through regular internet searches. The representatives sent letters to the company asking for a postponement to February 15. The workers then sent out a request for people to come to Taunton to help stop the auction and received responses from all over New England. The postponement is welcome, but it's still just a postponement. The Sterling hasn't agreed to anything yet about UE Local 204 members' jobs or severance. The mayor and city council of Taunton have voted unanimously to instruct the city solicitor to draft an ordinance requesting of the legislature a home rule petition to take the presses and equipment at Aston by eminent domain. This legislative step is necessary in this eminent domain, proceeding due to the fact that a Sterling leases the building and land and does not own it. The end result of this process is that the company's assets can be taken by the city for job retention or creation that serves a public purpose. It requires three readings, then goes to the legislature in January, and then back to the city council. Should the city decide to legally secure the presses and equipment, it is because the employees have secured the funds necessary to buy them. In their next vote the city would sell them back to the employees. After securing electoral victory this November, Ohio Governor-elect John Kasich quickly cast off many campaign-friendly principles to suit his preferred governing style. But his pension for power consolidation took a remarkable turn in mid-December when he unveiled his personal philosophy of contempt for workers' rights at a press conference. Incensed over police and firefighter unions' ability to call in a neutral arbiter to resolve any labor disputes, Kazich told the Youngstown Vindicators Mark Kovac that he'd love to eliminate that policy known as binding arbitration and fire any police or firefighter who wants to strike, stating, quote, right, if they want to strike, they should be fired. 
You should not allow. Look, you should have a change in the law. There are ways to say that you are not going to strike. And we're going to continue negotiations without a binding arbitrator. Binding arbitration is not acceptable. End quote. Strikes are workers' last resort to eliminate inequalities in bargaining power and address problems including unsafe working conditions, unfair wages, and benefits. On to cultural news, while the positive correlation between religiosity and life satisfaction has long been known, a new study in the December issue of the American Sociological Review reveals religion's secret ingredient that makes people happier. Quote, Our study offers compelling evidence that it is the social aspects of religion rather than theology or spirituality that leads to life satisfaction, end quote, said Cheyun Lin, an assistant professor of sociology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, who led the study. In particular, we find that friendships built in religious congregations are the secret ingredient in religion that makes people happier. In their study, Religion, Social Networks, and Life Satisfaction, Lynn co-author Robert D. Putnam, the Melkin Professor of Public Policy at Harvard University, used data from the Faith Matters study, a panel survey of a representative sample of U.S. adults in 2006 and 2007. The panel survey was discussed in detail in the recently published book American Grace by Putnam and David E. Campbell. According to the study, 33% of people who attend religious services every week and have three to five close friends in their congregation report that they are extremely satisfied with their lives. Extremely satisfied is defined as a 10 on a scale ranging from 1 to 10. In comparison, only 19% of people who attend religious services weekly but who have no close friends in their congregation report that they are extremely satisfied. On the other hand, 23% of people who attend religious services only several times a year, but who have three to five close friends in their congregation, are extremely satisfied with their lives. Finally, 19% of people who never attend religious services, and therefore have no friends from congregation, say they are extremely satisfied with their lives. Quote, to me, the evidence substantiates that it is not really going to church and listening to sermons or praying that makes people happier, but making church-based friends and building intimate social networks fair, end quote, Lynn said. On to the rest of the world. Police violently attacked students in Istanbul, Turkey who were protesting the summit of prime minister and university rectors. One pregnant student, age 19, was scared because police continuously kicked her abdomen even though she yelled that she was pregnant. Around 150 students who were leaving Istanbul were stopped at the entrance of the city and attacked, beaten and detained by the cops. Many were severely injured. World governments and corporations continue to attack the whistleblowing website Wikileaks.org. Wikileaks is most famous for releasing the so-called collateral murder video which showed a U.S. helicopter gunship opening fire on and killing two Reuters journalists, several suspected armed Iraqi occupation resistors, and destroying an ambulance, which also carried two children, a total of 11 people. The U.S. government has shut down the website and threatened charges against founder Julian Assange. Assange is also facing possibility of arrest for unrelated allegations of sexual misconduct. The website can now be accessed via mirrors in the U.S. We will continue to update you on this ongoing story as it develops.
On a side note, Bradley Manning, the U.S. Army private accused of leaking the collateral murder video, is still being held at a prison in Quantico, Virginia under intensive solitary confinement. Human rights activists characterize this manner of detention as isolation torture, which is likely to produce long-term psychological problems. That does it for this month's edition of Lung News. Tune in at 12 a.m. or p.m. or 6 a.m. or p.m. for repeats.